And by the way, if your goal is to create more diversity in your workforce in the entertainment industry, you need to talk to community colleges. It's a natural, organic way for you by building a relationship with a school like PCC to increase the diversity of the people who are working in your organization. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing, and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us. You, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together. And it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo. And this is The Future of Work. The entertainment industry is known for its competitiveness and promises of glamour, but it's also known for its mystique. So how can one prepare for this mysterious road ahead? And better yet, how does a community college carve out steps and curriculum to prepare a student entering the field of entertainment? In this episode, we talk with Pasadena City College's Dean of Performing and Communication Arts, Dr. Liesl Reinhardt who helps us see the importance of combining real-life industry professionals with educators to give students a real-life understanding of the skills they'll need. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Future of Work. I am your host, Salvatrice, and I have with me today one of my colleagues at Pasadena City College, Dean of Performing and Communication Arts, Liesl, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk to you. I love podcasts. I'm an addict myself, so this is fun to get to be on yours. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a perfect platform for us to talk about all the great work that's happening within our institution and outside of our institution and troubleshoot and be really solution-based too. So thank you for, for spending the time. And if it's okay with you, should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. For our listener who is unfamiliar with performing and communication arts in academia, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you and your background and your career path and really kind of what led you to this role as a dean? Sure. You know, I was a choir kid. I did a speech debate in high school. I was a TV major in college and I was a radio advisor in one of my first jobs outside of college for a college in Chicago. Even when I got my first job working in television at a little TV station called WHKE-TV Milwaukee. (laughs) But I I made so little money doing it that I had to have a, a, a side job. And so I sang dinner theater at the Apple Holler Dinner Theater in Kenosha. 
And I, I would sing standards in a, in a strange dress to busloads of people coming up to buy dubious amounts of cheese. And that's how I paid for my rent. And, you know, and I knew nobody. I was, I was fresh out of, of college. I'd gotten a master's degree because I coached speech and debate. And somebody said, hey, we'll give you a free master's degree. Do you want to do this? But I thought I was going to, you know, be the next... I don't know, Barbara Walters or something, and, and wanted to really get into hard-hitting journalism and really uh, ran into some economic challenges myself. I just, you know, I, I was in debt. I was trying to afford to do my career, and I couldn't. I, I, my, my dad worked at a Menards lumber company, you know, and my stepmom was an administrative assistant at an accounting firm. I, I didn't know anyone, really. And so it was so hard to figure out what my next steps were going to be. And my landing strip was short. I had bills coming due. I, you know, I couldn't sing for cheese much longer. And an opportunity came up to teach. And I, I and coach a speech and debate team because I had been successful doing that. And, you know, I, I took a full-time job thinking, well, let's see how it goes. I'm going to get out of debt at least. And then I'll figure out my brilliant career at entertainment. And I loved it. And I, I coached at the College of DuPage in Chicago. I ended up coming out to Los Angeles eventually. And I taught and coached the speech team at Mount SAC for many years. I was there almost 23 years. And I've just been at PCC for two years. And I, I never really thought I'd be a dean. I'm, I love students. I love working with students. Your producer, Christina, is one of my former students. And yes. I, yeah, she's so talented. And, you know, the, the ability to work with amazingly talented students in the community college system is addictive. Uh, but I was forwarded the job announcement for PCC, and it had this picture of the division website, and it had these circles, and there were dots, and they were, you know, one dot was for speech, and one was for theater, and one was for music, and one was for you know, the forensics team there and, 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 and TV. And I just looked at it. And I'm like, those are my dots. You know, that's really yeah. the dots I have. And, and I've, I've long felt in you know, my whole career teaching that these are highly competitive careers. I mean, these are not careers where you just get good grades, you go out, you get a job, you know, you don't open up the paper and it says, you know, speech job. <laughs> There's no job giving right. speeches if you did the forensics team. Acting, right. incredibly hard, television, music, dance. I mean, they're all just brutally competitive. And I, I've seen the most talented students really have trouble getting that leg up. They, like me, didn't have a landing strip. There was no amount of time they could spend doing unpaid internships, working multiple jobs for cheese, you know. And, and I, I really thought, well, the location of PCC is perfect for the entertainment industry. It's, it's geographically close. It's a great school. I live in the district. I, I was familiar with the incredible work it already is doing in the area of equity. And I just thought maybe I could plunk myself into this, this role, do all the <laughs> things you have to do as a dean. But my real agenda is right. to try and figure out how to launch the student's that are so talented into these competitive fields in such a way that they can get a toehold and they can make a living doing this work. Well, let's dive into that. You, you said it, this is, this is really your agenda. What does that look like? And what support mechanisms need to be around you in order to fulfill that, that vision that you have in this role as a dean? The good news is I, I believe that agenda already exists in the hearts and minds of all the faculty in the program, right? Everyone wants the students to be successful too. 
but not everybody agrees on what the same pathway is for that to happen. Um, not everybody has had the chance to maintain currency with their industries and, and know what the new jobs are. And not everybody really understands the, the economic factors that are at play now. You've probably heard about this, you know, people saying, oh, when I was your age, I paid my way through college. And, you know, but the cost of college was $1,800 for a state school instead of $18,000. So the economic realities may not always click with people who've been in the higher ed world for too long. So a big part of my agenda is and has been to really reactivate our advisory committees. We had not had a lot of active advisory committees meeting in our areas and or, you know, we just didn't extend our reach far enough, I think, into Mm -hmm. the incredible world in Los Angeles to bring in the right people to, to really wake us up and help us learn the realities right now. And right. To, to talk with us about what's happening in the future of work, right, in those fields, um, who they're looking for, what skills they genuinely need versus what skills we thought they needed, and to have that dialogue. And so those advisory committees are now up and running and they're active. And they're also leading to other opportunities. You know, the advisory committee begets an internship opportunity. Or, you know, I can send over a resume that says, hey, I've got an incredible student. Do you have any positions? You know, it's just, we need to build those bridges. And so that's one of the ways my agenda is sort of manifesting itself. It sort of is joining us all with our unified mission, which is that we want students to succeed in these fields. But then, you know, amping that up a little bit through a little bit more intentional work. And the other thing is this, you know, this wacky program that I I really wanted to come up with called Studio PCA that you know about. One of the toughest things, because I also worked in television in my 40s, I I had a rare opportunity that a a, a very, very successful and famous television producer started his own production company. I had met him through some theater work I had done, and he said one day, have you ever thought about working in television? And I fell off my chair. I'm like, you know, that was the plan. Yeah, And uh, I was still a faculty member at the time, but I took a sabbatical and I took some leave and I... I started working in TV and I actually sold 12 shows. I sold, I sold scripted shows. I, I sold a business show to CNBC. I had a, I produced a, a sketch comedy show for logo. Uh, one of them, we did a pilot with one of my former students from Mount Sac. So I sold TV shows and I enjoyed it, but I did find that I, <laughs> I, I irritated all of my showrunners and, and the people I was working with because I would always say, hey, um, do you have any entry-level jobs? Or I have some students. Uh, would you come and speak to a class? Or you, you, it was just sort of pulling those threads back together. But one of the things I saw immediately is that I couldn't get my students' jobs. They couldn't, even with me being a creator of a show, an executive producer, I couldn't get a student on a show. Now, why is that? Because you have to have experience. It's so competitive. I couldn't even use my my sway, you know, I, I got a few, right. I got a few, uh, I did so find what a, what a double-edged sword, right? Like they're looking for s- talent with experience, yet they're not willing to provide an experience either through an internship or an entry level position. But this is where community colleges get beat. You know, who was getting those jobs? Kids from Chapman, Emerson, Texas, mm. Austin, they all, Emerson college in Boston has a campus in Los Angeles. University of Texas at Austin has a campus now in LA for their TV programs. So if you're, you know, Chapman, 
they have to do like six internships. I'm a guest speaker sometimes. One of my former students teaches down there and I go to speak to his class. They're all doing internships. Every time I pitched, when I would go in the lobby of MTV and, and they always have somebody come down, meet you in the lobby and take you up to the room to pitch. It was always an intern. And I would always ask where they're from. For instance, you know, they're always from Georgetown, uh, Stanford, never a community college. Right. So how do we how do we do that? How do we get our our community college student to fairly compete yeah. and position themselves to compete? And, you know, is there is there something that our community can help us with? Yes. Well, first of all, you have to know that uh, I have a friend, a former student of mine, a good good friend, Sonam Obsessian. She was on the speech team at Mount Sac. She's Conan O'Brien's assistant and has been for 12 years. And several years ago, I just started leveraging her. And I'm like, Sona, I need students to get internships on Conan. Can you just make it happen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she said, yeah. Mm -hmm. So she had this thing where if I sent over students, she would guarantee them an interview. And every single one of them got an internship. And they have a lot of That's interns amazing. on that show. But I'll tell you what. A couple of years into it, they were like, send us more of your community college students. Because famous actor's nephew doesn't want to do hard work. <laughs> right uh, uh, uh -huh. but boy those community college students they have hustle they have drive they're uh -huh. polite they you know we, we really like them they're they're great i think part of it is building the enough relationship that they realize that these are great students that these are the students that they want to have in those positions mm -hmm. as opposed to what they're probably thinking which is you know a princeton student is going to be a better quality worker but the other thing is 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 to try and get some credits on their resumes somehow, you know, to get something that they have a working resume when they leave here so that they're not trying to get that first job. Because that landing strip of between when you get a job that pays your bills and when you start working can be years, depending on the field you want to go into for actors or, you know, if you want to be a director of photography or a writer. You know, you're, as a writer, you're going to probably be reading scripts if you're lucky. You might work a desk at an agency. You, you might get in a writer's room after a few years. Maybe you get a script, you know, but by the time you're staffed on a show and make enough money to make a mortgage payment, it could be 10 years in, maybe five. So as much time we can cut off the front of that as possible, that's better for our students to get them that toehold so that they're in the system. So the idea with Studio PCA is, you know, there's all these, I get called daily, I think, at least emailed or called somebody who wants TVR students to help with a podcast, a video production, or they want a performance from the music department, or they want, uh, you know, some technical support from our technical theater staff for an event they're doing. Right now, our technical theater director is consulting with the art department on a visual installation, for instance. And these are all things where they just hope that these students will just come and do the work for free, basically, and help out. And I think there's an opportunity to have the students get work experience right now. They're already doing it, but we just don't formalize it. We don't give them credit for it. And, and so the idea is to create a studio with a name that could be put on a resume so students can earn credits right now, that they can, they can be a PA. And so when they go in for their first PA job, they've got three gigs that they've done and they can show that they show up to work and, you know, and, and that they have a, they have some sort of a record there. And then also by being in the program, they have to create a portfolio. They have to create the tools they need and do some job interview training. 
so that they have some equivalence with all the skills that people are getting at those elite and private colleges. And as an entity of this college and our listener who's in industry, yeah. how do we, how do we best work with that vision of Studio PCA and with you and your faculty and what could we do on our end? Well, we don't want to compete with anybody off campus. That's really important. For instance, if there's anybody on campus who's listening in our community, you know, on our broad campus of PCC, and you do have media that would be beneficial for you, let us know and we will try and figure out a way to come up with a a faculty advisor slash producer who can work with the students to try and develop that for you so that they can earn those credits. Same with live events that can't be addressed, the existing staff. We're interested. So, you know, we want to, we want to let people know we're, we're definitely in a weird state right now because of COVID, but as the campus reopens, we're going to reopen and we want to be here and available so that you could call us if you, you need live events, support and, or media support, recording something, you know, even a podcast, um, which is our hope that we can maybe produce one of those, but for off-campus, I would like to build some formal relationships. We have a great existing relationship, for instance, with KPCC. We have a deal with them that they have four paid internships a year in radio production, the engineering side, and four a year on the news side, the research and news side. And that is just a longstanding agreement we have with them. And it's amazing. We can design our programs so that they dovetail into those great internships and, and we have a great reciprocal relationship over the years. They've hired many of our students for jobs and or helped them get other jobs in the industry. And I would love to find some new partners who are interested. And by the way, if your goal is to create more diversity in your workforce in the entertainment industry, you need to talk to community colleges. It's a natural, organic way for you by building a relationship with a school like PCC to increase the diversity of the people who are working in your organization. And, and we also are interested in, in adding people to our advisory committee, happy to, to bring you into the conversation. And we're, we're also open to trying to find ways to do specialized short-term workshops and trainings that would help them do specialized jobs that you have. For instance, drone videography for sports. It's a very niche thing. We'll probably never write a semester-long class for that. But if, you know, if there's a partner in the area who really wants to develop workers and, you know, and and figure out how to get a couple of students trained for those gigs, we can partner with them, set up a specialized boot camp, bring in some students and get them trained for that niche kind of need, if that would be helpful. That sounds like a perfect call to action to our listeners and to our communities that are listening. I'd like to circle back just a little bit because you you mentioned a group that's influential in the work that we do as community colleges and those are our advisory committees and there was a request for new partnerships from you like if there's if there's listeners and our community who is listening seeking to partner with the community college you're open to to that partnership and and community colleges are poised for such partnerships as as you just shared yes you know so there's two things i want to kind of circle back on which is really discoveries from the advisory committee and what have been some of those discoveries in preparing our students for the future of work? Is there something that we're missing? Is there something that we need to kind of keep our eye on 
as we come out of this uh, pandemic, you know, looking down ahead six months from now, is there anything alarming that you feel like you could say, hey, Sal, like, I, you know, this is really where we got to be putting our attention to? Sure. I would say two things. One is a general one, which anytime you activate advisory committees in in the area of the entertainment industry, it it helps it helps make you realize how we we can get focused on training our students to be things like writers and directors and actors at a very high level. But you know, to be trained at the lower division level of being a film director is is creating an unrealistic expectation, I think, for our students because that's not the entry level job that they need to get. Right. So we can help prepare them to eventually do that, but we have to be more attentive to the entry-level job and preparing them through well-designed certificates that really reflect where they are going to come out in the employment world and help them understand, you know, that this is part of a pathway to that vision of where you want to go. But but to, to be a little bit cautious in letting students kind of pretend to be directors and producers and writers before they have the foundational skills that they need to get a job. And it can be, you know, it can be very exciting to entertain the idea of being, you know, the, the job you'll have in 20 years. But, you know, part of what advisory committees do is they bring us back to reality. You know, they ground us and, and help us understand the steps that we forget sometimes because we see in the media, you know, certain people and we see kids especially can see, oh, I want that to happen. But what were, what was the pathway? So they're really helping us see the pathway that happens after our guided pathway, right, that we have in our curriculum. What's the next pathway? You know, and there's probably 20 different routes there. But can we start to, to show students a more clear stepping stone pathway? And so that's a big discovery usually as we sit down and and every year when you meet, those stones move around. A good example of this is in audio technology. You know, when we get the data back from the various regional and, and, and county agencies about what careers are there, radio has transformed so much in just the last few years. And COVID has been maybe the final nail in the coffin for the the person who goes in and works in a studio because mm -hmm. all radio production pretty much went remote, but it's so easy now for people to use online technology. They don't need to be in a studio. Mm -hmm. The same kinds of tools that they used are, are now fairly obsolete mm -hmm. and other kinds of tools are being used for a lot of, of audio production. And so an audio technician mm -hmm. certificate is going to be coming your way. <laughs> thanks to the research of uh, Sarah Very Barker and all the research because there's this whole new world that has opened up of, of a, a broad, cap broadly capable person to serve as a technician in a wide array of audio areas. And we're going to be focusing more on that and less on getting your own radio show, being a DJ, being an a, a in-studio board op. And, and so we're pivoting across, you know, moving and trying to follow the trend as best we can. The other big example is theater. I mean... COVID has been, I don't know, I'm hearing eight to 10 year recovery for live theater. And also, I mean, theater, you develop those audiences with season tickets, all of that dissipated. And so this industry is, is really, everybody's hanging on by a thread 
Uh, I just talked to someone um, I work with who's a performing arts presenter yesterday, and he just said, you know, every every artist company is just biding their time and trying to stay alive right now. So that doesn't bode well for a lot of students right now as graduates. However, what did people do when they were at home during COVID? They watched TV, film, <laughs> entertainment that was recorded. And so we want to really expand the view of our technical theater program to be entertainment arts uh, technicians. So to be able to support, for instance, lighting. Right now we teach lighting for theater only. But there's lots of jobs in lighting in the entertainment industry. Um, our TVR program doesn't have a specialized lighting course. So we're going to bring together TV and theater and their faculty to find the spot in the middle of those fields, which is lighting for entertainment, and try and prepare students to be able to, yes, do theater if that's their passion, but they could also go light an episode of Grey's Anatomy, right? you know, and, and have a job doing that, uh, or a concert, or Disneyland. I've got a friend who works overnight at Disneyland, and she does all the lighting for all the, uh, the attractions. It's a great job. And, you know, so, so thinking about how we can pivot from just doing theater, but making sure those students are broadly enough prepared that they could move into other related fields Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles is, is definitely some guidance that we're getting and that we need to respond to. Is there room for, you know, you mentioned something with internally within your own discipline to do some cross curriculum development, but is there room in performing communication arts to do cross-discipline work for some of these high-tech, high-touch jobs that we're seeing arise? Yeah. We just had a meeting of faculty a couple weeks ago, and we realized we don't have a social media certificate, and there's so many jobs in social media. And, And honestly, it's one of the easiest careers to sort of get off the ground on your own with very little buy in you can freelance. I had a guest speaker from my class last fall, Tatiana Simonian. She's a, she's a really great person, but she's 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 like the head of uh, she was the head of music at Twitter. She worked for you know for Spotify and Tumblr as like you know a super high level executive. But you know how she started? She went in to look her local vegan restaurant that she loved eating at, and she said, "I will do your social media. You have no social media. You give yeah. me free food." And she did nice. it for like three years. And she built that hustle, help build their business. Right. And so, you know, social media is a place where our students could be doing it right now, starting with campus groups, friends and family, local businesses. And so that, though, will need to be multidisciplinary. We're talking about, you know, courses from business, probably digital media arts. You know, they're going to need some Photoshop. They're going to need, you know, some sense of design, but they're also going to need some journalism, you know, a little bit of writing. And they're going to also need to know just mass media history and some context for for all of that. And so uh, we found a certificate at another college that we want to bring in as a model. But no one department can really teach it right now. We don't have a department of social media. So we're going to need to get people around the table and try and hammer this out and figure out how we're going to bring this to students. But I feel like we need to. Yes, absolutely. Not to mention... I think any student in any of my other fields should get a certificate in social media. If you are a dancer, if you are an actor, if you are a writer, if you are a musician, you really better understand social media marketing because it's going to be a big part of your life. 
Right. Because they're all mini entrepreneurs themselves and they need Absolutely. to create their own brands, their own personal brands. And uh, yes, yes, I would agree with you on that. We have a music entrepreneurship program that we just launched a certificate for, gosh, a year and a half ago. It's going really well. Um, and I think I would love to ex eventually expand that to just be arts entrepreneurship. Um, I think it's it's nice to be specialized, but at the same time, just what you said is so true. You know, the ability to to hustle. About a third of people in TVR are starting and working for sub several years in freelance positions before they ever take a salaried position anywhere. Some people never do. And how do you do that? How do you set up a, you know, your own uh, shingle? How do you, you know, just simply apply for resources that are available in your community to set up a small business? You know, what are the legal issues? What are some of the practical issues? How do you keep your books? How do you hire someone when you're ready for your first employee? I think our dear Christina Barcy, your producer here, has been through That's some right. of that herself. And, uh, yeah, and has been really successful at it. But, you know, it took a lot of resourcefulness on her part, and it would be really nice to provide that as a package uh, to students who are interested. Yes, and I think that a great partnership mm -hmm. for that might just be to explore, you know, even our own internal, uh, the Small Business Development Center. And, you know, small small business development centers are across yeah. the county. But we, we're, we're lucky that we've got one on campus they would be a great partner to that yeah. to kind of supplement all of those others, all those other findings, and all those other discoveries and preparations. And it's a lot of work being an entrepreneur. You know, it's not, uh, there's no cookie cutter oh. approach about it. You know, I think we can agree on that for sure. And, you know, our students and those who are listening, and this is a community approach to talent development, right? Um, and that's what I really love personally about what I personally love about community colleges is that we do take on that community approach to building talent. This is not insular. It's not, it's not just kind of a single approach. It's multifaceted. Yeah. And our student, or even someone um, who is early on in their career development, given your path, your experiences, your discoveries, your highlights, what would be your recommendation for someone kind of coming up into this arena, into this industry? What would be a recommendation that you would give them or a best practice to kind of get their career kickstarted? You know, my biggest advice I try and give to students is to, first of all, say yes to more things. I'm, I'm always surprised when I have students who, you know, maybe a TV class and they really want to be successful in television. And I say, okay, I have an option for you to meet with a successful producer for this event. And, you know, only three or four of them will come, you know, and, and, and I, I think you just have to say, yes, you just have to, I say, would you like to volunteer for the Latino international film festival? Only a couple will step forward. You got to say yes. You really need to say yes in the business. You say yes to everything. You may waste your time. You may drive a lot. But you need to develop relationships and you need to just go and find out what it is. There's so much mystique about these careers and, and such a lack of understanding of what's going on. I was teaching a class at Mount Sac not long before I took this job in reality TV production. It was a fun class. And I, I had a bunch of students who were interested in being editors and doing post-production and they'd been taking all our editing classes and done all the assignments and everything. And, and one day I, I was in Hollywood because I'd been working on a show and I talked to the post-production supervisor 
in a place that was making a very big TV show, a reality show. And I said, hey, could we do a walkthrough of some students just so that they could kind of come and talk and see what's going on? He said, you can come from 8 to 8.40 a.m. before uh, we officially go. I will meet them at 8.10 in that room, and they have to be out of the building by 8.40. They can take no pictures, you know. <laughs> I said, okay. And I went back to my class, and I said, okay, guys, this is in Hollywood. You have to be there at 8 a.m., and meet me in the lobby. We will get buzzed up. You will get to do this, and we'll be done in 40 minutes. It was like an hour and a half drive to get there. Oh, my goodness. And a bunch of them, I, but I said, do this. And a bunch of them drove there. I remember I got there and they'd all gone to Trejo's Donuts around the corner and they all had co- coffee and donuts. Nice. They're bright eyed. And, and we got buzzed in, went all the way up, got out of the elevator. We went in and sat down and the post-production supervisor talked to them briefly and then walked them around. And the first place we went was his office. And he had a guy in there who was his PA and he, he just seemed like a community college student. He was like a yeah. cool guy, you know, that they immediately related to him. And he told them what he did. He's like, I put stickers on things and say how long it is. And I, you know, and I try and do this and I put this on the board. And, and then we went and we looked at some of the editing bays and we got to walk in and a guy was editing in there and they looked at the screen and they saw how many edits were in this scene. And then he had his notes to the left and they could see like he was getting a note from a producer and then he would implement it. And then here, he would go grab his audio from this file, and he would grab this, and he would go look for a cut. And they got to watch him work on the show. And then we stopped a couple more places, and then we left. And we went back down to the lobby, and it was 8.40. We got him out. I can't even tell you, that day, those 40 minutes, at the end of the semester, every student said that was the most important experience they had in maybe their their college career. That's beautiful. It was the first time they saw the job. Like, and they could see themselves. They were like, oh, we'd be the guy in that office with right, the stickers. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't be that editor. I'm not ready yeah. to be that editor yet, right? I'd start there. I'd have the stickers, right? right? But I could go to Trejo's. I would get coffee. <laughs> I would park in this lot. Uh-huh. I would get a badge. I would go up this elevator. It demystified right. it. It made it sure. accessible, yep. right? And they, and yes. And, and, and so it was just... You know, we have to take the idea of entertainment and the mystique and the craziness of it. It is a job you can get. And getting in those spaces and getting that access and showing them what they're aiming for in a tangible way is so helpful. You know, I want to try and, once we can, get more and more students out so that they can see, you know, it's just people doing jobs. It's it's okay. You deserve to be there. You deserve it as much as anybody else. You don't have to be intimidated. You just need a plan to stick around long enough for them to see how awesome you are. That is wonderful. Great, great advice. There's nothing more exciting and exhilarating than to actually see it, to be in the environment. Great, great advice. Liesl, this has been so much fun. Thank you. I always learn so much every time I talk to you. And so, and I know that our listener feels the same. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to doing this again. I think that there's just a delight. You have so much great stuff happening. I'd love to do this again and kind of get an update if that's okay with you. You bet. I love it. I mean, there's, yeah. And I I think we've got some new things on the horizon that we'll be announcing before too long about how we're going to update some of our 
our programs and mass media to try and reflect more of what's going on in the world. So maybe that'll be the next yeah, big thank discussion. You. And, and for those who want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Probably the easiest way is, is email. It's just L Reinhardt, R-E-I-N-H-A-R-T, one at Pasadena. You can also find me on the website under Performing and Communication Arts. I'd love to chat and uh, find out how we could partner to, to get our exceptional students out into your world. Fantastic. We'll definitely put those into the show notes. And again, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And to our listener, we will catch you at the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform so you can easily get new episodes every Tuesday. You can reach out to us by clicking on the website link below in the show notes to collaborate, partner, or just chat about all things Future of Work. We'd love to connect with you. All of us here at the Future of Work and Pasadena City College wish you safety and wellness.